All right, welcome. This is Orion Rising. I am your host, Leonard O'Neill. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, or good morrow, depending on where in the world you are tuning into this show. It's Friday night. You know what that means, right? Law of One. That's right, Law of One. Share this out, share this out, share this out. All right, everybody, share this out. I'll be doing the same thing. I guess I could turn on my camera for a second here, right? If you guys didn't see what was going on this last couple of days, you missed out. There I am. Namaste. It's Friday night. We put on a two-day, my microphone is slipping down on me. For those of you who are listening to this on the MP3 broadcast, you can't see that, right? <laughs> those of you on the MP4, you can see what I look like here. Okay, so you guys missed out if you didn't see it. If you did, you saw a great two days we did. Uh, it was Orion Rising and Candle Book and Broom. We put together a two-day webinar event for Earth Day. It was incredibly crazy and insane. 20 speakers from eight countries and five continents. And if you missed it, please go back and watch it because I'll tell you what, if you're into spirituality and the esoteric, that information is priceless, what you just saw in the last two days. It was grueling and it was great and I, you know, I, I hardly slept because of the energy was so high and the energy that we got from the, each other and the people in the audience was insane, 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 right? Everybody says, you're still going to do the law of one on the next day? Of course I am. Come on, man. It's the law of one, right? We were talking about the law of one over there almost like exclusively. I mean, in a sense, we were all the entire time, right? I mean, we weren't talking about the actual words from the books like we do here, but the practice of that and the, uh, and the understanding of the law of one uh, in fact, we talked about living the law of one, right? The very last speaker we had, right, was, was Jacqueline Taylor, and she was talking about living the law of one, right? So that was pretty intense, man. You guys can go check that out. So today we're going to be talking about the law of one, and of course that entails living the law of one, right? So like I said, share this out, share this out. I'll be doing that as well. It's once we start going here, I'll start sharing it out to people. Had a really good crowd over there, a lot of good stuff, right? So we're on session 95 and um, I rewound it a bit to question uh, 24. I think in the description I said it was a different question, but I think I'm starting at 24. We we're actually probably at like 26 when we left off last week. But the questions are like a continuation, so I backed it up a little bit just so that you can like get back on track. And if you're catching this for the very first time, you won't be as confused as if I were to pick up exactly where we were. So, and if you're hearing this for the very first time, you found this episode for the very first time, I'll tell you what the law of one is. Between 1981 and 1984, it's in the description, a group calling themselves the LL Research Group using channeling, a form of ESP, decided to try and reach out to the universe to see if there was anyone out there. And they made contact with somebody, but not just a person, not one person, but an entire species, a hive mind complex thinking as one. And they called themselves raw, R-A. And immediately Don, the questionnaire, said, we have a raw here in history on our planet. Do you have anything to do with that? And they said, yes, we are raw. We walked amongst your people. We built your pyramids. So that, of course, spawned his attention so over the course of the next three years between 81 and 84 that spawned 106 30 to 45 minute in length channeling sessions and that in turn created six books and two and a half years ago i was i was turned on to the law of one because of me talking about uh, the the way what i called the way the universe worked and uh, josie a friend of mine she said that's the law of one leo 
I said, I don't know what that is, <laughs> right? And I didn't. And then I went and it's right then I got off the air and I was like, I'm gonna have to look that up. Wait, David Wilcox coming on? He's talking about something. So I turned it on. And he was talking about aliens and spirituality. And then he said the law of one. I said, that's it. I need to know. So she gave me a link. She gave me a link to Mafia Moose's uh, channel on YouTube, which is what I use to play the videos because they took the books. And they show you the text, and they and they have a computer talking, reading everything, so I don't have to read it to you, because I would have to sit here and read everything line for line for line. So I don't. So I'll, I'll play that, and it's a computer uh, voice, computer-generated voice, but it's an English uh, male voice. So sometimes people get kind of like, you know, that's annoying. But I don't know, for me being European, you know, Irish, Scottish, English accents, uh, it, it kind of bothered me in the beginning because it's just it, it doesn't flow like we do when we speak, right? The computers can't get that that down yet. They always, they always say every word the way the word is said individually. And when we're speaking and making a sentence, we don't always say the words exactly the way the word is said when it's all by itself. And the computer reads each word by itself. We We blend each word through sound. The computer doesn't understand how to do that yet. So it's hard. People catch that. Even if they don't catch it, it annoys them because it's there. Uh, and that's what annoys them about a computer speaking. Okay. So I'm going to go ahead and uh, put it on the full screen over here. And uh, in, in, I'll go to the to, uh, Law of One over here on the YouTube, and I'll put it on full screen. And this is the, you have to remember that the Matthew Moose is using um, LL Research approved material. Okay, so it's not, they didn't change anything. It's their actual books. It was approved by LL Research, right? And I do this, and, and I've been doing this for uh, almost two, almost three years. We're coming up three years in October. And I'll probably be done with the Law of One by then. But who knows? Because it, sometimes it takes two or three hours to unpack one session. And, uh, you know, that's just, it is what it is. All right, so let me, let me switch you so that you're over there and you're looking at that studio. So I'll turn you over to there. And you're seeing that. And I'll go in full screen here. And then um, I am also will be monitoring the chat. I'm not right this second. Let me back out over here and get to the chat so I can see you guys if you're actually making any comments or flipping me off or doing something weird. Right? <laughs> so, yeah. So if you guys are in the, in the audience, say something, right? I, uh, I'm going to start uh, uh, transitioning this. I didn't have time today. But I'm going to transition uh, out of this operating system and start doing it on um, – on StreamYard, where I can uh, post it, uh, go live both on YouTube and on Facebook at the same time. I was going to do that today, but I had to do a couple of tests before I could do that, and I didn't have time to do that. So I'm back to monitoring the chat on another monitor, whereas over there I can just do it. It all comes into one one chat room, right? So if you're out there, so give me a shout out. So I know you're in, the, in there, and like I said, share this out, share this out, share this out. And let me go into full screen, and we'll start right here. Question nine. Oops, I turned it on. So we're on 95, question 24. Full screen. And waiting for the computer. There we go. And let's start. 95.24. Questioner, from that statement I interpret the following. If the experience of the mind is sufficiently chosen the right-hand path, and as total purity is approached in the choosing of the right-hand path, then total imperviousness from the effect of the left-hand catalyst is also approached. Is this correct? Answer, I am Ra. This is exquisitely perceptive. The seeker which has purely chosen the service to others path shall certainly not have a variant apparent incarnational experience. There is no outward shelter in your illusion from the gusts, flurries, and blizzards of quick and cruel catalyst. However, to the pure, all that has encountered speaks of the love and the light of the one infinite creator. 
the cruelest blow is seen with an ambience of challenges offered and opportunities to come. Thusly, the great pitch of light is held high above such an one so that all interpretation may be seen to be protected by light. Question 95.25 Questioner, I have often wondered about the action of random and programmed catalyst with respect to the entity with the very strong positive or negative polarization. Would either polarity be free to a great extent from random catalysts such as great natural catastrophes or warfare or something like that which generates a lot of random catalyst in the physical vicinity of a highly polarized entity? Does this great cat, then, have an effect on such random catalyst on the right-hand path? Answer, I am Ra. In two circumstances this is so. Firstly, if there has been the pre-incarnative choice that, for instance, one shall not take life in the service of the cultural group, events shall fall in a protective manner. Secondly, if any entity is able to dwell completely in unity the only harm that may occur to it is the changing of the outward physical, yellow ray vehicle into the more light-filled mind, body, spirit complex as vehicle by the process of death. All other suffering and pain is as nothing to one such as this. We may note that this perfect configuration of the mind, body, and spirit complexes, while within the third density vehicle, is extraordinarily rare. Question 95.26 Questioner, am I to understand, then, that there is no protection at all if the experience of the mind has chosen the left-hand path and that path is traveled? All random catalyst may affect the negatively polarized individual as a function of the statistical nature of the random catalyst. Is this correct? Answer, I am Ra. This is correct. You may note some of those of your peoples which, at this space-time nexus, seek places of survival. This is due to the lack of protection when service to self is invoked. Question 95.27 Questioner the possibility of the legs of the entity of card 4 being at right angles was linked with the tesseract asterisk, mentioned in a much earlier session by Ra, as the direction of transformation from space-time into time-space and I was thinking that possibly it was also linked with the crux and zeta. Am I in any way correct in this observation? Answer, I am Ra. This shall be the last query of this working, as transferred energy wanes. The observation of the right angles and their transformational meaning is most perceptive, O oh student. Each of the images leading to the transformations of mind, body, and spirit and ultimately to the great transformative choice as the increasing intensity of increasing articulation of concept, that is to say, each image in which you find this angle may increasingly be seen to be a more and more stridently calling voice of opportunity to use each resource be it experience as you now observe or further images, for the grand work of the adept which builds towards transformation using the spirit's bountiful shuttle to intelligent infinity. Please ask any brief queries at this space-time. Asterisk Tesseract, in speculative mathematics, a cube which has developed at least one additional dimension. That's funny, I was about to pause to give that information of what that was, and I didn't realize that they actually put it in there, so I was about to hit pause and I looked down and saw it, that's hilarious. Question 95.28 Questioner, is there anything that we can do to make the instrument more comfortable or to improve the contact? Answer, I am Ra. We observe some small worsening of the distortions of the dorsal side. This is due to the nature of the beginning use of the swirling waters. 
the difficulties are physically accentuated as the swirling waters begin to aid the musculature surrounding the nexi of distortions. We encourage the swirling waters and note that complete immersion in them is somewhat more efficacious than the technique now used. We ask that the support group attempt to aid the instrument in remembering to preserve the physical energies and not expend them upon movements associated with the packing, as you call this activity, and the movement between geographical locations upon your sphere. The alignments are excellent. All is well. We leave you glorying in the love and in the light of the one infinite creator. Go forth, therefore, rejoicing in the mighty peace of the one infinite creator. Adonai. <clears throat> Pardon me. Okay, so it'll it'll uh, end here, and it'll start the next video by itself. Those of you on the MP3 file version, you don't see that on your screen, so uh, you wouldn't know that that's what's happening. So that was uh, session 95, September 2nd, 1982, The Law of One, by Ra, Humble Messenger of The Law of One. So now we're going into session 96. I am Ra. I greet you in the love and in the light of the One Infinite Creator. We communicate now. Question 96.1 Questioner, could you first please give me the condition of the instrument? Answer, I am Ra. The physical energy deficit is significantly greater than the last asking. There has been substantive lessening also of the vital energies, although the perquisite degree of energy for mental-emotional distortions of normalcy are yet available. Question 96.2 Questioner could you tell me the cause of the lessening of the physical and vital energies? Answer, I am Ra. We found the need of examining the mental configurations of the instrument before framing an answer due to our reluctance to infringe upon its free will. Those concepts relating to the spiritual contemplation of personal catalyst have been appreciated by the entity so we may proceed. This entity has an habitual attitude which is singular, Sorry, I finally got back to the chat to see who was here. Jacqueline, <laughs> welcome. Diana, welcome. Right, Christy, welcome. <clears throat> uh, you have to pull it up on the full screen. I have it on full screen, so it's as big as it can be now. Diana, so if, if you turn your uh, device, you know, it depends on what device you're on. If you're on a phone and you turn it sideways, it'll make it bigger. Or if you turn off the chat, uh, it'll make it bigger. But you're, uh, unfortunately, I can't make it any bigger than it is. So if you're watching on a phone, uh, it's kind of difficult. Yeah, I hate that too, right? <laughs> Maddie, hi. Maddie, you said hi. What's up? So, yeah, share this out, guys. Sorry I was uh, unable to see the chat while I was trying to share it. Uh, and I was and then I was like, where's the chat? Why am I not seeing anything? And I realized I wasn't on that screen. So quickly I jumped back in here and wanted to pause to do that. But, yeah, I can't make it any bigger. If you if you, if you you uh, pull it up full screen on whatever device you're on, it's usually big enough to see. But if you're on a phone, it's kind of difficult. So you kind of – it's hard to see. But, unfortunately, that's – I can't figure out how to make that bigger because I can't zoom in any more than it already is or I would. They should have done that on the screen. But, like, on my screen, it's huge. I can read it. But then I'm on a monitor, right? So, yeah, <clears throat> I would have made it a bigger uh, to, for that. I would have probably tried to get format it for cell phones as well as a computer, but unfortunately, they didn't, right? Thank you, Christy. All right, we're going to continue here. That is, when there is some necessity for action, the entity is accustomed to analyzing the catalyst in terms of service and determining a course. There was a most unusual variation in this configuration of attitude when this instrument beheld the dwelling which is to be inhabited by this group. So if this is new to you, what, what they're talking about right here is the when they when they talk about the vessel, now Jacqueline will know this because she said this, she was talking about it yesterday. They're talking about Carla. 
Carla is the vessel. She's the one who is channeling. And what they're doing at the beginning and the end of every session, they always talk about what they can do to change things. So she's the instrument in this in this uh, sentence or in this uh, uh, paragraph. Uh, so they're always talking about what they can do to make the transmission better and to make Carla comfortable. Uh, because you have to understand that Carla was constantly under psychic attack, and especially when they were meditating to do this, to have Raw talk through her. So she's lay, she's laying in a bed, and she has covers over her. If you look on my page, Orion Rising, the, the page on Facebook, you can look through the pictures and you can see her laying there uh, in the old photos with the little recording uh, device sitting on her chest. And uh, you can see that there's an altar behind her head, and they have a Bible opened up to a certain passage. They have incense burning. They have a candle burning. All of that had to be placed perfectly at one point. Uh, the, the, the fold in the, um, I think it was her pillow. It was either the fold in her pillow, the pillowcase, or it was the, uh, a slight fold in her sheet that was on her chest broke the connection. And they couldn't and, and they were having problems with the connection. And they were just able to say that they needed to move the fold that was in this certain place. And as soon as they did, there was a perfect connection. So every little detail counts. And she's under psychic attack from an entity that's in the fourth dimension that is occupying the exact same space that Carla is in, but only in that dimension, trying to murder her cross dimensional to stop them from having this conversation. And they constantly talk about it. Right. So she's under psychic attack all the time when they were doing this. And from that point on until she died, uh, when I believe that was about five years ago now, four or five years ago when she died. The instrument perceived those elementals and beings of astral character of which we have spoken. The instrument desired to be of service by achieving the domicile in question, but found its instincts reacting to the unwelcome presences. The division of mind configuration was increased by the continuing catalyst of lack of control. Had this entity been able to physically begin cleansing the dwelling, the, shall we say, open? No, they, they just call the entity the, our friend on the other, in the other dimension. <laughs> so, so they, but there was more than one. Uh, they, were, they were assassins that were sent. They, this is the, the information that they did have. They don't know who the assassin was, but they know that it was an assassin who was sent by the Orion Crusader group. The Orion C Crusader group, here's the backstory on that. The, this is why this whole thing is going on. I should give you the backstory in case you don't know, right, Diana? I know you're new to this. So here's the backstory as to what is, goes on in the universe, right? I'll give you this because a lot of people are catching this for the first time, and I don't do this often enough. I just had a conversation about that uh, today. So what happens in life, in this three-dimensional life, is this is the only place that we have, we have time, where we have past, present, and future. We are moving our vibration even though we're a low-level vibration, beginner, uh, beginner stage, uh, oh, self-aware soul, we're moving faster than anyone else everywhere. We're almost moving at the speed of light. So because of that, we have time. Everything is slowed down and separated because we're so close to the speed of light. Okay, and, and so for everywhere else, when you leave from here, there is no time. Past, present, and future, all, all is at the exact same time. But when you move as fast as light does, everything stretches, and time begins to slow down. And when you get to where we are, you have a definite past, a definite presence, and a definite future. Okay, so what happens to the souls here if something catastrophic happens, and the souls get stuck, and they don't graduate, 
they just recycle over and over and over. Every time they die, they come back and they're reborn and they don't have an opportunity to leave and go to the next dimension. If that happens for enough time, our souls cry out to our higher selves that we're in trouble and we need help. This happens by things, different things happening across the universe. Um, Moldek, which is now our Kuiper belt, used to be a planet, and they blew themselves up with nuclear, uh, a nuclear uh, war. So they blew the planet completely into pieces, and now it's just the Kuiper belt. All the souls that were alive on that planet because of the nuclear explosion were damaged and they were frozen in time. And because of that, they eventually, after about 125,000 years of our time, called out for help. And then they were, then people came, other souls hear, hear the cry, and they come back to help. Those souls are called wanderers if they enter a human body. Okay, and so what happens is if you come back and you decide to volunteer to come back to help, you come through like any other soul does and you're born in your body and then you're on the planet and you're mind wiped just like everybody else because that's the key to to the um, moving forward phase in this in third dimension because the backstory was originally there was no chaos there was no evil there was no veil and everybody knew that they were part of the one and because of that everybody was just kind of sitting around and going well i'll get there eventually because i'm part i am the one i eventually will be back with the one so nobody was growing and that became a problem. So the one true creator decided to put a fire under our butts. So they created chaos, evil, and then the mind wipe so that you didn't know that you were a part of anything, and you, but you had this in the back of your mind. So different planets get stuck. Maldek did, and some of those people are now cycled into this planet. Mars was another one that got stuck, uh, and they, they also scared themselves stiff by almost destroying the planet. That's why you have that big swath across Mars that looks like some big giant weapon cut through it. Uh, and uh, those people uh, were also recycled here to Earth. Not all of them, because some of them moved on to other places. Now, uh, there's a group from the Orion, Orion's Belt, which are evil people. Not everybody over there are evil, but there's a group that was evil from there, or that is. And they travel around the universe in the third, the fourth, and the fifth dimension trying to conquer planets. And how they do it is they understand the matrix. The matrix is because we are all the creator, we are the creator of this world. What we all say as a, as a hive species becomes reality. We just don't know it, so it happens on a, sub, on, on a subconscious level or a superconscious level. Okay, so what they do is they go to a planet like this one, and, and everybody's mind-wiped, and they take control of the narrative, okay? And, the, and what they're doing here, they've done that, and they're trying to take control of the narrative and, and get everyone here to believe that we were a slave labor race. We were created by aliens as a slave labor race. If all of us or enough of us on this planet believe that, they will show up and say, hi, we are your creator uh, race. Worship us. Because everything has to be freely given. We have free will. So if, if, our, if enough people on this planet believe that, it becomes so. So they come here and they plant things like they did with the Dead Sea Scrolls. And Zachariah Stitchin saying, we were created by aliens as a slave laborer. And then you have the History Channel's uh, 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 Ancient Aliens. And that program propagates the exact same narrative. 
at the out at the outset and at the end of every show they go or we were created by aliens as a slave labor race okay so they're trying to convince everybody of that only the people who wake up and understand what's going on say no that's not true and then you have people that are being channeled and they claim to be our creator gods. They do it in everything. If you watch the movie The Fourth Kind, in that movie, the alien said, I created you. I can do whatever I want to. And they, they pretended that movie was real, and that they had real footage that was the real people doing it. And it wasn't the real people doing it. it they, were, they filmed it. If you, watch, if you get the DVD and watch the extras, they, all of it was filmed. It was, the entire storyline was fictitious. It was a what if because of some, a lot of that's true. So, but they never had any proof. So they made a movie out of it and pretended that the movie was real, but didn't claim that and let and had a disclaimer saying, "We're not saying this is real, but these are real and that's real." When those, that was a lie, okay. So this planet has become stuck, and it wasn't exactly the the um, the Crusaders who did it, but they realized that this planet was stuck and they jumped in and they got into the ears of the people here. And there's a certain group of people here who are Luciferian uh, followers. And they're told that Lucifer was not the devil. He was an alien and he was in charge of, of this alien race and that they came down here. And then all of a sudden they don't talk about how they got stranded here. Um, but, so, you know, they kind of skip over that. They either crash landed or the ship left and never came back. Doesn't matter. But you guys are the descendants of that creator race. So you're in charge here and you need to get these people to, to believe that they're your slaves. So that is the rich and the elite people on this planet currently. They believe they own the planet and we're all their slaves. So they're keeping the narrative of the Matrix in that state and no one on this planet has actually ascended off of this planet in the last, uh, I think it's been 150,000 years. That's the leap that a lot of people have a hard time with believing. But it happened to the point where enough people cried out for help that people came through. I'm one of them, and there's trillions of us now. There used to not be, but if you look at, you know, and here's the, the proof in that. If you look at 1981, when they started doing this channeling, the total population of the Earth was just over 2.5 trillion people. And right now in 2021, the population of this planet is just over 7.5 trillion people. So the amount of people since 1981 has gone up by over 6 trillion people. Every time in history from that point backwards, there was never a leap that great. It was never that great. The, the, the 2 trillion was the highest populated amount of people on this planet at the time. Okay, and so before that, the population, they don't really know because they couldn't take census, but they, when they find stuff in history, they go, well, there was at least 2 million people who lived in that city, and so they kind of have an idea, and it was never this high. Now, the reason for that is some people say it's the Christian rapture, and, and God is unleashing everyone who is dead. All the dead are now raised on earth, and that's why. That's, that's all part of that. It's esoteric. It's all part of the, the narrative, right? So the people here were stuck, and wanderers came back to help them. I'm one of them. I'm a wanderer, and I'm here with a coalition of people who did come from the Orion's Belt, but we're not, we're not the evil Orion uh, Crusaders. There's, there's trillions of people now that have come through that are here to help. Some people have come with coalitions. Other people have come by themselves and volunteered at their own peril because if we don't wake up and remember that we're on a mission, we're just as stuck as everybody else is, and we run the risk of just being stuck here perpetually for thousands and thousands of years, recycling over and over and over just like everyone else once we get here. So evil people don't normally come through, okay? 
evil people don't normally uh, recycle because they, they will give up all the power and, and stuff that they have gathered by being evil. So they never go backwards to help because they're not about helping. The, the, the way it is is you're either in service to others or you're in service to self. If you're in service to self, then you're, you're egotistical, you are a narcissist. That's evil in the minds of the universe. If you care about yourself before anyone else and you don't want to help people, you just want to get stuff from them. Or you're in service to others. Now, that doesn't mean that you're a wanderer. That just means you're a good soul. Because here in this place is where we're supposed to make that choice. Right? This is where you become, a, for the first time, you're a soul. And you're self-aware. When you're self-aware, when you're something else, when you die on that, whatever it is, if you're a cat, a dog, a bird, a tree, once you die, when you become self-aware, then in this planet, you become a human. Okay? And then you start your journey your spiritual journey, and you have people that have taken the, the matrix and they've used the matrix like the computers and the television to bombard you with with mundania, to bombard you with everything to distract you, to keep you at a low vibration just above Neanderthal. Fear, aggression, warrior-like mentality all the time so that nobody graduates. That perpetually has been the state of this planet for thousands of years now. So only some people in the, in the last cycle when they were supposed to graduate, there was only 32 people that were able to punch their way out, but all but one decided to come back to help. Okay, so there's very few that leave here that don't come back. Now, Abraham Lincoln, he had a walk-in, right? Abraham Lincoln's character, his person, his soul was tired and couldn't become the president. Knowing that he was signed on to do that, he, he couldn't do it. So... Another soul heard about that and said, I can go and volunteer. And they said, well, you have to ask him. First, he went to the council and at the Council of Venus and asked them. They said, you have to ask the soul. So he went to the soul one night while he was sleeping and said, I can take your place and I can become the president of the United States. And and no one's going to hold it against you. And you fulfilled your your uh, what you said you were going to do. And we'll, well, you can just move on and go to the next level. And he said, Great, please. And so that person became Abraham Lincoln. And if you look at Abraham Lincoln and the pictures of him, uh, there's a certain time when he looks like he starts dying. He he just ages really, really badly. His skin goes bad. That's because he was a walk-in, a wanderer, walk-in, and the body knew that it wasn't the bo- the person he was supposed to be in the body. Wanderers are people who have the same issues. We have all kinds of autoimmune uh, uh, problems. We know we don't fit here. There's something about this matrix that we know is not right. Our body feels the same thing because your vibratory pattern is a higher vibratory pattern because you come from either the fourth or the fifth dimension. And you've come back down to the third, but you bring some of that with you. You can't completely uh, descend and forget everything that you've learned. So your soul is actually a higher bound soul that's not supposed to occupy this body or this space. The space itself and this body knows that you're not supposed to be here and it's fighting against you. Okay, your vibrator, your vibration is too great for this reality, but you can occupy a body, but we have we die younger and we have more problems uh, throughout our entire lives. We have more near death experiences. That's people trying to kill you that you're unaware of because you haven't woke up yet and you don't realize that you don't remember that part of you. Okay, so the assassin was sent by the people to stop the information coming through because guys like me in the future would be reporting like I am doing now. So they were trying to kill her off at the time so that she couldn't get this information down so that they couldn't get out to the world so we wouldn't be doing what we're doing now in, the, in history.
right? So, okay. Right, so old wanderers come home, yes, right? <laughs> okay, so uh, so I, I know I went off on a tangent there, but, but some of you in the crowd I know didn't maybe understand a lot of all of that. So ask questions, and I will stop. This is why it takes sometimes a while to get through because there's a lot that we have to unpack. Some people come in here and go, you know, this is basic. And I'm like, yeah, for you it probably is, but some people it's not. Some people don't know this stuff, Right. So, yeah, well, being Irish, thank you for that. She says, Diana says, I'm going to read this to you because those of you on the MP3 file, you don't uh, podcast, you can't see the chat. Diana says, uh, love hearing you sharing. You're an excellent storyteller, explaining things in a, in a tangible way for folks to understand. That is, well, I'm Irish, so we have kind of that gift. Uh, but I've also made it a point to be just like that. Okay, uh, I'm, I'm trying to explain this stuff and unpack because look at the way Raw talks. Raw's talking the most direct way Raw can communicate with Don because Don is a nuclear physicist. So he's talking like Sheldon, right? Well, I was, physics was my major in college. I was going to be a nuclear physicist until I started to wake up and realize that if I did anything to help the people here, these greedy people in this government of ours or any other government, they would turn it into a weapon, right? So I said, no, forget about that. Right. Welcome, Cheryl. Cheryl says hi to everybody. All right. So let's go ahead and continue here. I know it took me a little bit to explain that, but that's kind of why I'm here. That's why when you guys ask questions, I will most definitely stop and I will most definitely answer your questions. Okay. Okay. Thank you. She says, I've heard bits of this story shared before, but you're an excellent bringer together of the simple. Thank you. Um, Because. Uh, that, that's what that's what I'm here for. I'm I am a beacon. I didn't know this, but I've been told this by several mediums and the people in the coalitions that I'm one of not the but one of the millions of beacons uh, for the wanderers. I came here to do this so that you people would find me or one of the other beacons so that we could help you wake up because we have realized that the only way that we're going to free these people is not to wake them all up. That's the end game, but we can't wake people up when they're not ready to make a choice. However, there are millions and billions and trillions of wanderers who know why they're here, but it's been taken from them, but it's in the back of their minds. So now we have decided to focus in this last cycle, focus and use this Internet to wake up the wanderers. Because every time a wanderer wakes up, the vibration of this planet rises because their vibration is bigger and, and stronger. Do you understand? So my job is to enlighten those who are ready to be enlightened. And as we do that, we will reach critical mass, the seminal point. And uh, while that's happening, people that are indigenous to this planet are also starting to wake up. So when they wake up and they hear me talking about the law of one or uh, wanderers, and then they start asking questions, even though they realize they're not a wanderer, they still then are waking up, and that's esoteric. As they wake up, it's, it's a snowball. As you eat the fruit in, in the Garden of Eden, Eden, you learn knowledge. It's not a bad thing, but it was told in the Bible that it was a bad thing. Why? Because they don't want you taking the fruit and eating it to gain the knowledge on your own. 
They want you listening to what they tell you only because then they tell you ESP and anything to do with extrasensory perception and, and anything to do with witchcraft or any kind of rituals is the devil. Meanwhile, they're waving their hands in the air and doing a ritual on stage in front of you and waving incense and chanting and saying things in a different language while they're blessing this and venerating that. And then they have you come and eat the body of Christ and drink his blood. So they, they, have, they create a spell right in front of you, cast a circle, create a spell, clean the space, prepare the meal and the drink proverbially, have you come up and partake of it. But if you do that on your own, that's evil and it's the devil. Do you understand? Can I? Okay, let me see what Diana, she, she says, Diana says, she says, can you explain to the people uh, how they, how do they identify whether they're native or a wanderer? Ah, Okay. If you're a wanderer, you already know you are because you already feel like you do not fit on this planet. There are things about yourself that you know are different than everyone else around you. You actually, you can tell, you feel alone. You feel like, I don't fit in here. I don't belong here. Everyone else seems to be able to eat any food and they don't get sick or they don't get food poisoning. They can go out in the sun and they don't get, they don't get burnt up to a crisp. All these other people, they never get sick. These, some of these people do, but most of them not for very long, and they seem like everything's perfect, and they seem like they belong here, and I just don't fit. But you also have the idea in your head that there is something in the back of your mind that's telling you there's something wrong, and I'm supposed to be doing something else. That little trigger in your mind is telling you, trying to, that is your higher self, trying to get you or your guides or both to remember why you're here. You have to you know that something's not right. It's just like the movie The Matrix where where Neo knew something was wrong. That movie was written for wanderers to see. Okay, because our situation is almost like that only we're not in on some pod and there's there's alien robots that are running the planet and we're their batteries. Okay? But the Matrix is still the Matrix. All right. This this is an illusion that we are in and we our souls are seeing through these avatars. And this is actually an illusion that it's just for our experience only because we're not actually a, 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 a free um, sentient being. We are not an individual. We're a thought of the creator playing out like a daydream. OK, so so that so if you're stuck and you're, and you're indigenous to here, you fit here. You know you fit here. You fit in your body. You don't have a, a like a, you know, five, six autoimmune problems, right? You don't, you don't have like a, a close, count, close calls with death five or six or seven or ten times in your life, although it's possible because this is a harsh planet. You could have that happen. But the key is this nagging feeling that something's not right and that you don't really fit in in this place, and you know that you don't. Something's wrong. Your body's your body, but you know it doesn't feel comfortable, and it never really feels comfortable even when you're at your most bliss. You still kind of go, no, this just, I don't know. That's how you know that you're a wanderer. And also, if you question everything, there's a good possibility that you're a wanderer because you don't believe what's going on here to be reality. You're like, something's wrong. I don't believe that. It's crack. I got to look it up, right? So that's how usually, and if I see you and I talk to you, I can tell that you're a wanderer. I have, I have the ability. That's why people, if you look at my eyes, if I take my glasses off, right, because sometimes I leave them on on purpose so there's a little bit of a glare. I learned that from my father. He wore sunglasses because he also had the sight 
I can look into your eyes and I can see into your soul and I can see whether you're a good person or a bad person. I can, seriously, I can look right into your eyes and see evil or not. Um, I can also look at someone and say wanderer, <laughs> right? Because there's, because I can see your light. I can see your vibration is bigger. And some people see that when they see people, uh, uh, Tracy, who's usually in here, but she's not right now. Um, she actually, so let me just see here. You said, I, I often can't remember me, remember me, remember, <laughs> right? Uh, and that, that might be why as well. If you're, you know, you, you can't remember some things. My brother said, you know, he was sitting there and, he, and his brain just kind of turned off. He was like, I don't know what just happened. But I was sitting there. My wife started talking to me and I didn't even know she was talking to me. And, and he was like, I thought I had a stroke or something. And I was like, no, when you start vibrating at a higher rate, once you start getting closer to the fourth, and I don't mean this, you know, fourth uh, 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 dimensional, oh, man, if uh, 4D reality and 5D and now I'm at 7D, that's just a, a something that's within the third dimension. There's a, there's a dimension and then there's a, a density. Okay, you'll hear Ra talk about density, uh, this being the third density. The density... Uh, that he speaks of is what we refer to as dimension. Things have gotten backwards. They do that with everything. As above, so below is, is backwards from what it really is. And they did that on purpose to, to separate you from it. It's actually as below, so above. And it's in everything. It's in the Bible. It's in every, uh, every Talmud. So, but they say it wrong on purpose because that's the caste system. They're trying to get your brain to believe that, they, that you have somebody above you who's in charge. That's the slave labor that they're trying to, to put you into. So it's the same thing with the churches. The church has set up a maritime law as well with the caste system. Uh, and they're trying to get all of that. But, it, you know, your, your memory, there's glitches. Things in the Matrix, not so uh, unsubtle like in uh, the movie The Matrix, but there are other things. I've had things happen like where I wonder if I, if I actually shifted uh, to a different reality because I, was, I had a sweater, pullover sweater uh, that I used to wear, and it had a little hole uh, on my left-hand side because I wore it one time when I was working in retail, and I put my badge through it, and it got caught on something, and it tore a little hole there. And so I had it for like three or four years, and then one day it was not there, and it was on the right side. And I thought, do I have my sweater on inside out? So I took it off, and I, and I put it back on. I went, wait a minute, that, that was over here. Why is that over there? That changed. Um, another thing of reality that I saw happen uh, was – uh, back in the in the whenever that was in the 80s or the 90s when the when the uh, Lakers won the championship back to back, I watched them lose that championship. They didn't win it; they lost. The next day, I went to work and all the headlines said they won. And I picked up the newspaper and here's pictures and they were celebrating and they won the championship back to back. I'm like, I watched them lose this. This didn't happen, but it did in the reality that I was in. But it didn't the day before and it wasn't a dream. Okay, some things like that, not every wanderer has those because at that point I'm wondering if I am slipping from dimension to dimension to a different timeline. And that's very possible, but I don't have that memory, so I'm not quite sure if I can do that, right? Uh, Diana says, I chant as an anchor. Good. You know, chanting is really good. I love chanting. It does, it does ground you. It anchors you. Um, remembering the truth of what I am. Yes. Chanting is, um, I love like Gregorian chant. I love all that chant in, in, uh, that they used to do in the, the Roman Catholic Church uh, because of the harmonics of it. Uh, you have to understand that everything, even us, we, you, me, our eternal souls, is, we are just a vibration. We are, and, I, and I can't say just in a manner of, well, we're just a vibration because it is, it is the opposite when I say that. 
right? It is we are a vibration. That's what that means when I say that, right? So it means perfection. We, we don't realize that we are perfect, right? The, the, one of the ponderances of, um, uh, of, what was his name, Kazimoto, who was the last samurai. If you guys ever saw that movie, it was based on a true story. The one with Tom, uh, Tom Cruise it was based on a true story. And his ponderance was he was looking at the, the petals of the flowers on the tree. And it was an um, almond tree. You know how they have those, uh, those really pretty uh, millions and millions of flowers, small ones, in leaves. And he, was, and he said at one point to the captain who, who uh, uh, Tom Cruise played, you can look at this tree from now until the rest of your life. And you will never find a perfect flower. Then later on the battlefield, when he was dying, he looked up and some of the same trees, the almond trees were there and the wind was blowing and the petals were were flying across the air. And he looked at the captain again and said, no, I was wrong. They're all perfect. That was the last thing he said before he drew his sword and said, please assist me. And he committed Harry Carey before the troops could get him and they cut his head off. And they stole his head and, and hid it someplace so that they, the, the uh, army wouldn't have a trophy. That's a true story. And that's, that's the way that actually happened in history. But in the movie, they didn't show that. In the movie, he, he fell on his sword and then he just died on the battlefield. And then they just uh, went to the next scene when the captain was bringing his sword to the emperor. But that, but that, I guess, you know, you're not going to show that's pretty gruesome. But he then realized at that moment that everything was perfect. And he wanted to get that a point across to the captain. I'm wrong. They're all perfect. He said in amazement as he was dying. So sometimes it is literally only when that event is happening when we understand reality. My ex-wife's father was an atheist, and he died of Alzheimer's. But one of the last things he said to her, even when he didn't remember who everybody was, he had a, a, a vivid moment of clarity, and he looked at her and he said, you're right. She said, about what? He said, everything. God does exist. And then he died. At that last moment, as he was transitioning, everything became clear to him. And he remembered. That was when the mind, that's when the mind wiping disappears, right? So, so if you're dying and you see you get close, you think you're going to die, all of a sudden your entire life flashes before your eyes. Right after that event, if you die, you remember everything. And sometimes people are halfway in and halfway out and they're transitioning and they can see both sides and they can still communicate. I had a cousin that was dying. And I went to see her in the hospital, and I, and I took my uh, wife with me there. And we, we went in, and they said, she's, you better go talk to her because she's delusional. Uh, you know, there's something wrong. She's delusional. I think she's dying. And they're like, you know, well, I don't know. She's just crazy. I walked in the room, and she was talking to me, and she wasn't crazy. She was transitioning. She was already able to see what was going on beyond our scope of what we see now. We walked in, and she said, aren't they cute? And I said, who's that? And she says, the little ones, they're glowing, they're sparkly, they're pretty, they're beautiful. And I'm like, okay. And I looked at my wife and we both at the same time went, she's in transition. She's not crazy. And she says, you know, Charlie was here. That was her husband. 
And I go, was he? And she says, yeah, he's coming back for me tomorrow. He told me that. And he, he's going to come visit me today, but he said he's going to come get me tomorrow. I said, oh, okay. Did he give you a time? <laughs> right? And she said, yeah, he said something about around one. I said, oh, okay, good, good. And we just kept talking, and then we walked back out after a bit. And I said, okay, she's going to die tomorrow at 1 p.m. So if you have anything to say to her, you need to say it now. And they're like, oh, everybody's freaking out in my family, except for the people who actually understood. What do you mean she's going to die tomorrow at 1 p.m.? She just told me that. Charlie's coming back to get her tomorrow at 1 p.m. How does she know that? Charlie told her that. Oh, she's crazy. 1 p.m. the next day on the dot. She died. They were like, Leo, how did you know that? She told me. <laughs> That's how she told me. Some people know that as they're, as they're going. My grandmother decided it's time. I've been around too long. I've had cancer for 25 years. It's now throughout. I'm just a burden. I've done everything I need to do. She said these things out loud. I've done everything that I need to do. And she looked around, and I wasn't there, but I was told the story. And she looked around, and she said, you guys are okay. You're going to be okay. It's my time to go. And then she put her head down and died. She let go. Let go and died, just like that. She knew it. She made the decision. It's time to go. She died. I wasn't there to see it, but half my family was. I got there right after. I couldn't get there in time. I got there right after and they told me, oh, my God, she just let go. I said, that's actually the way we're supposed to do it. But unfortunately, because we're stuck, we don't really normally do it that way. We're supposed to live, and we're only supposed to be 35 years old at all times. We're not supposed to get old like this. Getting old like this was something that was done because of the Matrix being stuck. The Matrix is trying to speed things up so that we are out of our bodies quicker so that we could get the information out to the universe. Help us, help us, help us. Because you used to have to recycle, and it took 100 years before you recycled. Now if you die, you come right back. You could be back a day or two later. It doesn't take long unless something's wrong with you and you have time that you have to heal uh, and reflect. But if you don't, people are coming back right away because we're getting to the end. Those of us who are trying to fix this place are trying to get enough of us uh, to where we're, we're going to be able to just we're working at trying to just transition literally right into the shift into the fourth because the fourth dimension is already here. There's already people that are living on this planet and they call it Earth. And there's a whole civilization that's here that's in that dimension that's just outside of our reach and touch right here because we're in a different vibratory pattern. That's how it works. Everything's an octave. Everything is music. I knew that I was going to end up doing this today and not getting a lot played. <laughs> Because of the show we had yesterday, guys. Those of you who were who were there and spoke, Diana knows because she was there. <laughs> she she spoke and she was and she was watching it. Uh, I knew I wasn't going to get much of this uh, particular thing played because I was going to go into this because this is what we talked about almost all day long yesterday. Although we didn't talk about the law of one part, only at the very end. But it all plays together. Everything is an octave. Everything is music. That's what I was showing in when I was talking about the sacred geometry last time. And you see that if you watch the first part of my show. I always, during my intro music, I always play that sacred geometry. And that, and that even if you don't understand it, it gets into your head through osmosis. Right? Danny, welcome. You were there too, right? So welcome, people. Virginia's in the, in the audience. Welcome, Virginia. I didn't expect to see you in here. Um, Danny's in here. I was just telling everybody about the law of one. You popped in and I didn't notice because I wasn't looking at the at the screen down here. So I'm glad you said laugh out loud because I would have never known you were in the building. Right. So. So I knew that I knew that I was going to end up talking more about the vibratory patterns, but but that's what it is. So so a wanderer 
going, getting back to that point, Diana. Uh, so the the wanderer, you you know, you're a wanderer if you have those specific things happening to you. Uh, and if you and if you suspect that, even if you're not sure, then um, then let us talk, and and I'll literally be able to tell you whether you are or not. And Diana, I I think you are. We've spoken. Um, I from the second I met you, I told you that before. The second I was on the screen the first time and looked at you, and you were like, "Woo!" with all that energy, and I was like, "I need to talk to her." Okay, um, I knew that. And I told you that when we talked, right? So I do believe that you are, and I and I think, um, and I think that. I think that once you realize that a little bit more, I think you're going to find a comfort. In fact, I know you will. You're going to find a comfort in who you are that you don't have right now. And I can see that. I was the same way. Everyone who is who is a wanderer is that way before we know who we are. We're just anxious. We know something's not right. <laughs> Something here's not right. I'm not quite sure what it is. That's what the character of of Neo was. Neo was the wanderer who hadn't woke up yet. And then he took the pill. Right. And then there was no going back because once you go dead, you can't unlearn something that you learn. Right. You can try and forget it, but you can't unlearn it. So when you go, I might be a wanderer, then you're already questioning. The first step in avoiding a trap is knowing of its existence. So if you if you take and the, and the proverbially the pill, taking the right pill, the one that would put you to sleep or the other one was the Garden of Eden. If you don't eat the fruit. You don't have the knowledge, so you don't gain that knowledge. And knowledge is the key to the universe. Knowledge, just questioning, is knowledge. The knowledge of, you know, and here's the perfect example. When I was in uh, philosophy 101, the first thing that the, the professor taught, he was a monk, as a matter of fact. Uh, the first thing that he said was, that you know, talking about the word philosophy, philosophy means, literally that word's Greek, and it means the knowledge of love or the love of knowledge. That's how it translates into English. The law, the, the love of knowledge or the knowledge of love. And the, the questioning, just saying, I wonder if, even if you're not a wanderer, the fact that you're questioning starts to break your conditioning. The second you start questioning and you, don't con- and you continue to do so, you will wake up as an individual anyways, unless you let them stop you from questioning. That's why they're constantly saying, don't ask questions, just do what I tell you to do. That's why they try to set everything up that way. Everything is set up to where you look at them to be in charge, someone else. And who is it? It's usually someone who's in service to themselves. So it's usually an evil person who is in charge. There are good people who try to get into those positions to help people, but evil will collectively get rid of that person as fast as they possibly can to get them out of power. Okay, Omni Barra from the state of California out here in this in the Sacramento district. He went to to Capitol Hill. He was there for one term. He came back. My brother knows him. This is why I know this story to be true. He talked to my brother. He said to my brother, I'm not going to rerun. And my brother said, why? And he said, nothing will ever change Washington. He says, that is what it is, and it will be that way forever, and no good person with any good intentions will ever have a way of changing that. There's too many evil people there. Okay? So the only way that we're going to change them is we're going to change the culture. That means we have to change ourselves. We have to hashtag be the change. Okay? So we can't vote them out of office. We need to end that practice. You understand? So that means that what we need to do is like what see the like what they're trying to do here now. The Green New Deal is a great idea. 
But you can't stop one thing and start the other thing without a transition. You ruin an economy that won't be able to, to in any way pick up steam or pick up the slack from what you lost by going stop and go. You can't do it. You have to transition slowly, and it takes time. It's a great idea. We need to get off fossil fuels. We need to get onto renewable energy. We need to do the same thing with all of our farming sources. Everything needs to be sustainable and renewable. I agree with that, but you can't just go, no more killing cows, no more killing pigs, no more kill, you know, no more whatever, because you're going to turn off all that entire industry, and you're going to kill off the, all the people that, that, that depend on all of that. And there's many, many, many more moving parts than you could ever imagine. You have to slowly transition. I like the fact that we have plant-based burgers and meat now, but they're transitioning. Do you see? They're not going, we're not selling red meat, but we're going to sell only this. They're transitioning. People who have a choice now, what they want to do, they can do. The more people that go for the plant-based products, the less people are going, the less call or need for red meat will make it go away. Do you understand? But they won't listen. Many people are being the adult in the room and saying you can't kill an industry before you've created the next one. You have to create that industry and then phase the old one out. But you have to do it properly so that it'll be sustainable and it'll stay around. Right? Well, that's not what they did. They're just shut, shutting off the, the oil and going back to buying it from overseas at three times the price of what we had it over here. That's dumb. That's stupid. And now we don't even have the other thing going. Now what are we doing? Nothing. We just lost hundreds of thousands of jobs. And now, as a country, we're paying billions and billions of more for gasoline. That was dumb. Should we have done that? Not that fast, but should we eventually? Hell yes. We need to get off of all the stuff that's killing our planet. Right? So everything is that way. So if, we need, if we're going to change and get off of money being a thing, we have to control that thing. And phase it out. Same thing with governmental systems that are antiquated and don't work. They need to be phased out. You can't just overthrow a government, go to war with a government, and rebel like you could 200 years ago, 500 years ago. You can't do that. This government has entrenched themselves to the point where they their, their job is to make sure they can't be overthrown. So you're not going to overthrow them. You have to change them. How do you change them? You change the narrative within the people themselves, and the people will change the government peacefully because what happens is if you change everybody's minds as we grow up and as the next generation grows up you have to do things like a druid does you have to think four five six ten generations down the road you're not going to overthrow them people go we need a revolution when it comes to that no 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 that just gets many people killed no never war never fighting never the change comes within us I meditated on that for a very long time. How can I make a difference? How can I fix that? And what I got was change the narrative, change the beginning. I thought, how can I change the beginning? Well, I'm the creator. <laughs> so I can create the beginning. What was the beginning? Well, we all believe a certain thing. Well, what is, why are, how are we stuck and why? Because of a certain thing, right? So if you want everybody to wake up, you have to wake up those who are willing to and are ready to. And when you get enough of those people woke up, what happens is that affects the whole. So more and more people get lifted up gradually without knowing it. Then all of a sudden, some of those people start waking up, and that wakes up more people. It's contagious. 
So I'm not trying to wake up those people who don't care. It's just like I've been working on, you know, ancient aliens and UFOs and, and uh, disclosure projects since I was uh, 10 years old. And even all of us in that genre have realized that, that we've gotten to the point where the governments will, are stonewalling, they have been stonewalling, and they will never give that information out. Period. So we have all transitioned to what? Spirituality. If we can wake people up spiritually, then they raise their vibration, and by doing so, raise the vibration of the collective. And in doing so, everyone's going to wake up one day and say, I don't have to wait for Jesus Christ. I am Jesus Christ. Just as much as you're Jesus Christ. I am God because I am a part of the one. I am the creation. Just like we said before, I said this on the show a couple of times. Everything, every living life form on this planet lives by the cycle of this planet. We live within the cycle of this planet, outside the cycle of the planet. Us and dolphins are the only two beings on this planet that breed for pleasure and can breed year-round. That says something about a dolphin, okay? The dolphin has a brain that's bigger than ours. So there's something going on there that we can't communicate with them. But if their brain's bigger than ours and they also run outside of everything, I would suggest that dolphins are another form of us. But they don't speak to us because we don't speak the same language. But they're just as smart. And they are when you see them out there. So are some of the other whales. So, but but they, I don't think they breed. I haven't looked into that. So they, I don't know if they breed whatever they want or if they do it. I think they do it by the cycles. But, but dolphins and humans are the only ones who have sex for fun. Everyone else does it for procreation. And everyone else only procreates in springtime. But we don't. Why? It's because we are the creator. We can create as many often as we want. We set the cycle at nine months or eight and a half months. That's gestation. It takes that long just to have a child. But then we can start right over again a month later. Do you see? Why is that? Because we are the creator. We're even trying to tell ourselves that. Just by the design of a, of a male and female of this species. Capable of that. We can do, we gain power from ritualistic sexuality. Why is that? Other animals don't gain power from that. We do. Why? Because we're the creator. Change us, Diana says. Yes, she says. That's exactly what we need to do. That is the change, the beginning. Change the narrative. Change the, the beginning. What is that? Us. So we need to change us. Hashtag be the change. That's why Mahatma Gandhi said that. That is where that came from. Are you guys aware of that? Mahatma Gandhi didn't say hashtag, obviously. But Mahatma Gandhi was the first person who said, if you want something to change, you need to be the change. And that's why we say that to this day. Gandhi knew. Look what he did before they murdered him, before they killed him, right? There was a song by the band called In Living Color, and they talked about that. Every, and one of the lines was, when a great man speaks, that, that great man dies. And in doing so, they show you in the video Martin Luther King, Mahatma Gandhi, Stephen Biko. People don't know who he is. They know Nelson, they know Nelson Mandela, but they don't know Stephen Biko. Stephen Biko was in charge. Nelson Mandela was his right-hand man. When he got arrested in South Africa, he conveniently, supposedly hung himself in his cell. 
Nelson Mandela then took up his mantle and, be, and eventually freed the nation and became the first president, first black president. So that, that freedom was under Stephen Biko. I signed a petition when I was 18 years old at a U2 concert <laughs> in Oakland, California, the Oakland Coliseum, with a, with a bunch of other, with you know 75,000 other fans there to, to watch the band. They were going around. Amnesty International was going around with petitions for all of us to sign it to put pressure on the American government to then put pressure on the South African government to end apartheid, to end it. And I signed that and made sure that every time anyone got near me with one of those that I signed it and I talked about it and we forced collectively in the United States, we forced the American government to force the South Africans by uh, by doing that. Amnesty International was in England and France and Germany and everywhere. Got enough signatures to get the United Nations to do something with those people, to work with them, and they ended apartheid. Nelson Mandela was freed and eventually elected president. And I'm sure some of you out there are old enough to be a part of that as well and maybe signed one of those petitions somewhere on the planet. And if you did, you should be proud of yourself because you helped free a nation. Small little butterfly wings can flap here and cause a hurricane there. That's because we are the creator. Right? All right. So what time is it here? Am I, am I rambling on here too much for you guys today? I still have that bug from the, from the two-day, 20-speaker world Earth Day event we just finished last night. Right? <laughs> yeah, see, I'm already running long. So let me do a little bit more of the Law 1 here. If you guys want to stay around, we'll do some more of this. Instead of me talking about us being the creation, we'll let Raw tell you that you're the creator. Winning would not have occurred. Although this entity attempted clear communication upon this matter, and although each in the support group did likewise, the amount of Blu-ray work necessary to uncover and grasp the nature of the catalyst was not effected. Therefore, there was an opening quite rare for this mind, body, spirit complex and into this opening the one which greets you moved and performed what may be considered to be the most potent of its purely magical manifestations to this present nexus, as you know time. It is well that this instrument is not distorted. And yes, Danny, I didn't want to let that go unsaid. Yes, change your direction, right? Each of us need to be the change. Change our direction and we can achieve the change that we need to change to free this planet. Towards what you may call hysteria, for the potential of this working was such that had the instrument allowed fear to become greater than the will to persevere when it could not bring, each attempt at respiration would have been even more nearly impossible until the suffocation occurred which was desired by the one which greets you in its own way. Thus the entity would have passed from this incarnation. See right there, that's what they were talking about, Diana, when, when I was talking about the assassin... Right there, they were talking about it, the assassin trying to kill Carla, and that they realized what they were, what the assassin did. Right there, it, it was well that the instrument is not distorted towards what you may call hysteria. So, the, so the the manifestation of the entity that was trying to kill them got through somehow because of something they did wrong slightly, and got into her head and was causing her a panic attack. And by doing that, she was, she, you know, when you have a panic attack, you're not breathing properly. And if you're in a trance and your mind's having a panic attack, panic attack, your body's not breathing, she would have suffocated. And they caught it. And he said that almost happened, but we were lucky and that we, we caught that before it, it was able to do any damage to her. So there was an attempt on her life just then while I was rambling, right? So, all right, here we go.
Question 96.3. Questioner, does this threat, shall I say, still exist and, if so, is there something that we can do to alleviate it? Answer, I am Ra. This threat no longer exists, if you wish to phrase this greeting in this manner. The communication which was effected by the scribe and then by the questioner did close the opening and enable the instrument to begin assimilating the catalyst it had received. Question 96.4 Questioner, the instrument asks if the house which is to be our new location is capable of being transformed by painting and cleaning? We don't plan to put down all new carpets. Would cleaning the carpets that are there now be acceptable? I want to bring this particular house up to acceptable limits so that it is neutral after we do the salting. See, they just moved from uh, one house to the next. And even though this is redundant, I don't blow past it. I don't blow, blow past anything that they say or do that's redundant. Like at the end, they always ask, is there anything that we can do to make the instrument more comfortable? And then Ra goes through the spiel of what if there is anything. I don't edit that out because it's part of the storyline. Just like here, I could have just fast forwarded past all these questions and went, well, okay, they were moving and let's go to here. You're, you're going to miss the content, which I think is important. This stuff that might seem mundane is actually important because they're conscious of everything they're doing. And this shows that that even though they don't talk about it, they're casting a circle and there's a ritual that they do every single time. And so they're asking, do we have things set properly? And here he's saying, talking about carpet and painting and how that'll affect. And so he's asking, how will this stuff affect if I make these changes? I have a concern only for the conditions for our work there. The physical location isn't that important. In fact, I don't consider that important at all. Could Ra comment on this? Answer, I am Ra. It is, of course, the preference of this group which is the only consideration in the situation for the contact with Ra. The domicile in question has already been offered a small amount of blessing by this group through its presence and, as we have previously stated, each of your days spent in love, harmony, and thanksgiving will continue transforming the dwelling. It is correct, as we have previously stated, that physical cleanliness is most important. Therefore, the effort shall be made to most thoroughly cleanse the dwelling. In this regard it is to be noted that neither in the dwelling as a whole wherein you now reside or in the chamber of this working is there an absence of your dust, earth, and other detritus which is in toto called dirt. If the intention is to clean, as much as is physically possible, the location, the requirements for physical cleanliness are fulfilled. It is only when a lower astral entity has, shall we say, placed portions of itself in the so-called dirt that care should be taken to remove the sentient being. These instructions we have. See, now that's something to think about right there that's kind of important. Now, Diana said it needs, it helps people in, their, in the here and now and their experience on Earth and what they're current struggling with. You're right. It, it, you know, the mundane is, is there for that. It's there to be grounding. Right. Just like you're saying, it's it's so that's why I don't cut that out. But th th this is an important um, piece right here that he was just saying. Literally, OK, look, look guys, there's going to be dirt everywhere. There's dust all the time everywhere. He's basically saying or they are basically saying that. Right. However, warning. Right. That that is good to clean because maybe like he says here, it's only when a lower astral entity has, shall we say, placed portions of itself in the so-called dirt that care should be taken to remove the sentient being. So, so it is possible that you could be walking outside and pick up a piece of dirt on your bottom of your shoes. This is why Asian people 
And some people with the Hindu background don't want your shoes in the house because you're not only you're tracking dirt in there, you could be bringing in nasty energy with you. Think about that. Right. That's kind of think that's something to think about. These things that are being pointed out a lot by raw, they, they constantly point out a lot of things we overlook and people normally overlook it because they don't know about it. You go out in the world and you're being exposed to other people's in, in energy and their aura, and then you don't know what's attached to them, who now is attached to you because you have a higher vibrational pattern or you have more of your indigo blue rays uh, rays. They can see that once you start vibrating into that, your, your vibration becomes indigo. And when your vibration becomes indigo, you are then seen and people follow you around. Disembodied spirits will bother you because you should at that point be able to detect them. Unless you're trying to turn those abilities off and not have anything to do with them. But you will still then detect them and it freaks people out. I don't want to have anything part of that, you know, because people have shown, chosen. That's not what they're working on right now in their life. That's, that is a path that they're not really wanting to go down right now. So that does happen. But they still see you. And they still follow you. So here you can get a piece of dust and it could be a, a, some sort of lower plane entity trying to astral entity trying to get in to do nasty dirty stuff have given may we note that just as each entity strives in each moment to become more nearly one with the creator but falls short just so is physical spotlessness striven for but not achieved in each case the purity of intention and thoroughness of manifestation are appreciated the variance between the attempt and the goal is never noted and may be considered unimportant Question 96.5. Questioner, the sequence of events that I am considering is first the painting and then the cleaning, then the moving in of the furniture, then the salting and use of garlic. Is this as good as any other sequence or would another sequence be better? Answer, I am Ra. Any sequence which results in the cleansing is acceptable. It is to be noted that the thresholds are not to be crossed during the cleansing. Since such stricture upon use of the lemon may affect your considerations, we make note of this. Question 96.6 Questioner, was the unusual sound on the instrument's tape recorder that occurred while she was trying to record her singing a greeting from our fifth density, negative associate? Answer, I am Ra. No. See, <clears throat> so our fifth density negative associate, that's referring to the assassin trying to kill her. So he was asking if that was the, the assassin trying to find a way to penetrate in the field. And no, he says, and then he goes on to talk about it further. Right. <clears throat> but I wanted to point out, uh, we've said this, I said this, a few of us said this uh, during the, the uh, show yesterday and the day before. And he was, and, and Ra was kind of trying to tell him, you know, because he says, is any, any sequence better than the other? And Ra was basically, they were trying to say, you know, it's the act of doing it that's important, not the tools or the direction in which you do it. It's the act of the, clean, the cleansing is what's more important than the the order of how you cleanse or what with. So it's the same thing with if you're using magic or ESP or any of that. In the beginning, they hand you tools to, to use because you're projecting that that tool that someone hands you is the device, but it's not, right? And you see that all the time uh, in, in movies. It's esoteric, but it's there, like in Sorcerer's Apprentice, Right. The with uh, Nicholas Cage, he gave the kid the, this ring 
and he told them that it was the ring and that he had to have the ring on to be able to work his magic and and he had to be able to use the ring through the ring so he focused on the ring but that the ring wasn't the actual thing the ring was only there to detect the next sorcerer but you don't know that until you figure that out and hopefully you do uh, figure that out by the end of the of the movie because he figures that out that it's not he has power he has the power to do that. He didn't have the ring on because uh, because the, the evil that they're fighting against had the ring, got it from him. But he was still able to use his power. So he realized that it was, the ring wasn't the power he was. The ring was just the tool that he was being told to use so he could focus. And that's the same thing when people are teaching anything in any ritual, anything that they do. You get, first you get a tool, and then, then you realize that it's you and your intention. Right. Diana, put that down. Intention. <laughs> yes. Yes. <laughs> Whether it was a greeting from a malfunctioning electronic machine. Question 96.7. Questioner. There was no catalyst for that machine to malfunction from any of the negative entities then. Is that right? It was only a function of the random malfunction of the machine. Am I correct? Answer. I am Ra. No. Question 96.8. Questioner, what was the origin of this malfunction? Answer, I am Ra. There are two difficulties with the machine. Firstly, this instrument has a strong effect upon electromagnetic and electronic machines and instruments, and likely, if continued use of these is desired, should request that another handle the machines. Also, there was some difficulty from physical interference due to the material you call tape catching upon adjoining, what you would call, buttons when the play button, as you call it, is depressed. <laughs> Question 96.9. Question. That's hilarious, right? I mean, it's just some mundane thing. Not the first part, but the second part. And a piece. there's a piece of tape that when you press play, it got caught, and it, it, so it wasn't playing right right there, and it was, I, had, I had a problem. Uh, but, you know, Carla, my father had the same ability. Like Carla has the, the, the ability to uh, disrupt electronic communications and electromagnetism. My father was the same way, and he knew it, and he used to play around with things. Uh, we went to the well, – there's a place over in San Francisco called the, the Exploratorium, and they have all these wondrous machines that you can go in there and play with, and, and they're all these weird uh, science machines and physics things. And uh, it's really cool. They, you know, they have the one place where you go and you stand, and there's a – and there's a disc behind you, and there's you know, 50 yards away, there's another disc. And, and the way that the discs work is that it transfers sound back and forth between each other without using a microphone. And you can whisper, and the person that's standing in the other disc can hear you, but nobody else in between can hear you. There's machines like that, and there was one where uh, you grab a hold of the machine, and it, and it creates this electrostatic wave that you get to see by using your, uh, um, your energy. And my father, I was sitting there, and I'm grabbing a hold of it, and I'm like, wow, this is kind of cool. And my dad goes, yeah, watch this. He grabs a hold of it, and he goes, everything in the whole place just starts going, going in and out. The lights are going on and off, on and off, right? And then all of a sudden, these, these bells and whistles are going off, and the doors are closing, and my father lets go, and it all stops. And he looks at me, and he winks. And everybody starts running around, all these people that were working there. What was that? What was that? What the hell was that? What was going on? And my father is sitting there watching. He goes, watch this. He grabs it again. And he grabs a hold of it. And he squeezes it real tight. Everything starts doing the same thing. And he, he's like watching them. And they're all, everybody's freaking out. People are starting to get scared. Then he lets go. He's like, all right, that's too much. People are getting scared. And then he smiled and said, here, let's move on before someone notices it was me doing it. And that was crazy. <laughs> he was big grin. Watch this. 
<laughs> I don't know how he did it, but but through touching that device and, and generating energy and shoving it through that device, he was overloading loading their power grid and the and the gates were trying to come down and the alarms were going off and <laughs> all the lights were dimming and going on and off. And I was like, there's no way that my father could have gotten a hold of these people and said, I want to trip my son out by making him think I have superpowers. I know that. I watched, I watched the man levitate a, t- a, a table uh, right by touching it. It just came up off, and he's just moving it around. And he's here, push it. And you push it, and it would just float across the room. And then he'd walk over and touch it, and it would drop to the floor. One finger. Boom. How is Ra able to know all of this information? This is somewhat of an unimportant question, but it is just amazing to me that Ra is able to know all of these trivial things. What do you do? Move in time, space, and in sp- Yes, exactly, Diana. He was he was channeling his energy and directing it. Absolutely. And he knew how to do that. I never learned how to do that completely. As well. I keep trying. You know, but he, he I get sometimes I get stuff. You know, he knew when the phone was going to ring and who knew who was on it. Go and answer the phone. It's going to ring. And it's, you know, it's your mom or somebody. Um, and But I, I have had that happen to where, um, like, when I used to smoke, this was about 20 years ago, um, my brother was going out of town and he had a BMW. And I said, hey, can I borrow your car while you're gone? And he said, sure. So I got in his car and I pushed in his lighter and I, the whole time he was gone for a week, I was smoking, using the lighter. And then I go to pick him up at the airport and I punch the lighter in to get a light a cigarette. And he goes, that doesn't work. So it's been working for me for the whole time you've been gone. And he goes, really? And I go, yeah, seriously. And I reach over, it didn't work again because he told me now. <laughs> and so the doubt was in my mind. And it never worked again for me. But what I didn't know, it worked. I also have the ability, and I've had this happen, um, to come up to some to a door that's locked, and it's not locked, and I'll walk through it, and someone will go, how did you do that? That door was locked. I don't know, wasn't it? I just opened it. And I also have the ability, this one is kind of scary, because I can actually feel it when I do it. I have the ability to move faster than time. And I've done this while I was driving before. A friend of mine and his wife were in front of me, and we were on my way to to my house from their house. And we pulled up at the stoplight and I was laughing. I'm like, they're so going to get there before me because they're up here in front of me. And they're waving at me and laughing because they're in front of me, you know. And I'm driving and I'm like, okay, I got I to gotta figure out how I can get past them without speeding and I can get you know to the house. And so I'm like, I'm going to duck down this corner over here. And they went on the main drag and I didn't. And I was driving through the neighborhood. So I could only do 25 miles an hour and they could do 45 I'm just driving along going, oh, man, I should have stayed out there with them. I get home, and they're not there. I'm like, well, that's weird. So I get out, and I walk in the house, and I go and change my, take off my work shirt and shirt and boots, and I put on some new, some tennies and a T-shirt. I come walking back out, light a cigarette. They pull up and go, whoa, how did you do that? And I'm like, what are you talking about? They're like, how did you get here? You were behind us. You never passed us. I said, well, I did turn into the neighborhood. And they're like, did you speed? I said, no, I was doing the speed limit. I figured you guys would already be here when I got here. Apparently, I had moved from that spot to my house. It should have taken me about five minutes, and I got there in 30 seconds and didn't know it. Right? Another time I was at my job, and then we'll call it for the night because I'm sure you guys are done hearing my tales. I was at my job in my, standing in my boss's office, and she was working on something, and the secretary was there, and, and she was sitting at her desk, and, and she said, oh, darn it, I need, um, I need some tools. She said, Leo, could you go and get one of your little kits that has you know, all the little screwdrivers and, and, uh, you know, and, a, and a couple of things? And I said, sure. I said, it's out of my shop. I'll go get it. Now, in my mind's eye... I turned, walked out of the door, into the into the hall, walked out the door, 
to the pool area, walked across the pool area, around the corner, unlocked my shop, went into my shop, found what I needed, came back out, locked my shop, walked back across the pool area, opened the door, came in, walked in, across the hall, turned the corner, set down the tools on top of the file cabinet, and then stopped moving and looked up at the two of them. And for me, that time had passed. For them, I had not moved. I was still standing in the exact spot that I was standing in. And she said, well, Leo, are you going to get those tools? And I said, yeah, I have them right here. And she said, whoa, what do you mean you have them right there? Just now you said I have to go to my shop. And I said, I just went to my shop. And the secretary goes, dude, you didn't move. You said, I'll have to go to my shop. And then you just stood there. And Kelly said to you, well, then are you going to go get them? And you said, yeah, they're right here. And there they were. But they weren't there a second ago. And you have not moved. And I'm like, I have memory of going to get them and coming back. Better check the cameras. They checked the cameras, and what they saw was me moving like a vampire super freaking fast on camera like a blur. That is insane, right? That is crazy. But for me, I was in a hurry, and I just moved. But to them, it was like a second and a half, and on camera, it was like three frames, and you could see me going through the, the pool area like, like, a, like a blur. And they were like, dude, that's in real time. And they slowed it down frame by frame, and you could barely make out that it was me, and I was moving like an apparition. Go figure. I don't know. But I could feel it at the time. I felt that I was moving faster than than time like everything else around me was slowed down but but nobody was really there for me to focus on seeing if they were moving or not right and that kind of happens every time that's done that I've also had made myself invisible with that's intention I was standing outside my house uh, leaning up against the garage smoking a cigarette and this guy pulled up next door and it was a friend of the guy who lived next door to me and he came walking up and he wasn't seeing me and I was just standing in plain sight and he was about five feet from me, about to turn the corner and walk up the walk. And I said, hey, bro, what's up? And he freaked out, looked around, never once saw me, looked right past me and went, oh, man. He was scared to death. Oh, man, what was that? And he was looking around and he did not see me. And he walked in and went, dude, there was, this was really scary. I just come walking up your walk and he's telling my neighbor and my neighbor's going, dude, what are you, high or something? And he's like, I don't know what it was, man. I'm telling you, there was nobody there. He did not see me, could not see me. I was standing in plain sight. But that's an ability that I learned, right? I just wanted to see if I could still do it. Um, but you got to be careful when you do that because, you you know, it's not that I was invisible. It's that I did not allow his eyes to see me. It was actually in a movie. There was a character in a movie that was able to do that very thing. And it's it's like a ninjutsu trick, right? You 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 just need to be where they're not. And you don't it, – it, you know, it's an assassin's tool actually as well. If you are focused in your mind and thinking about what you're doing, that thought, anyone who has heightened a sense of awareness will trigger their spider sense. You get that feeling that somebody's looking at you and you, you turn and look and you end up looking exactly right at the person who's looking at you. How did you know to look there, not the other way? Because in your mind's eye, you were able to see that person looking at you because that person was looking at you and they're thinking about you and that creates an energy that was connected between us. So assassins are taught that, first of all, you crouch down below their line of sight, 
because when people are looking, they look at their line of sight, even with your peripheral vision. So you, somebody could sneak in. If they're sneaking down, crouch down, they can get lower, and you can't see them. That's why ninjas, traditionally, if you watch them in the movies and everything, they wear black. They paint their faces black because they blend in at night. And then they crouch down, and they, and they, keep, you know, they come, come moving towards you. It's a creepy way of moving, but you actually you would be surprised how many people wouldn't see you. Also, being light of foot, <clears throat> I'm a big man. I'm, I'm six foot one. And I weigh, and I weigh currently about 340 pounds. <clears throat> I can walk right up on you, and I do this all the time to people, so I have to make my presence known. I, I'm very light-footed, and um, I move very swiftly, and I do this all the time in public when I'm not thinking. I walk right up on somebody, and they don't when I'm there, and then all of a sudden they turn, and I'm there, and they go, "Whoa! How did you get that close to me without me knowing you were there?" And I'm like I just walked, but that's because of my training, right? Martial arts, my whole life. Right. So you do that on purpose. I still find myself when it's fall, I find myself walking and not stepping on leaves and my body does it automatically to not make sound. And I laugh when I do that to myself. And I realize, why are you still doing that? It's hard habits are, are hard. You know, habits are hard to break. If you don't want to be heard, you have to constantly be in, a, in that state. Right. And so in so being in martial arts my whole life, I, I move that way still. There's that Zen way that you move like I'll be cracking ice trays and going to the sink and I'll realize that everything I just did was a dance because it's the most efficient way of moving right and that that was where Bruce Lee taught that and he, when he did that with his hands and then his hands would start blurring you know he wasn't doing that for the blurring effect he was trying to show that it was that it was a zen effect so it wasn't like he was moving his hands and his hands were moving so fast they became blurry that's not what that was supposed to be showing you that was showing the martial arts the zen of his movement that your body here, why does this have anything to do with anything, Leo? People think I'm rambling out of control for no reason. Because when your mind and your body and your spirit are all in sync, you move differently than you do when it's not. Okay? So so martial arts teaches you the discipline of every action has to be direct. It's like Tai Chi. Every action is a fluid motion. And you and, and always you have to be in a defensive posture and in an aggressive posture at the same time. That's basic martial arts. The stances, the way you move is either a defense or an attack or a defense and getting ready for an attack at the same time. So all of your movements are direct and you move uh, uh, that way. It becomes a, 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 a dance. And it becomes an easy way of moving when you start doing that. So you find yourself over time, especially anybody who's been in martial arts for a long time, and especially people who do uh, Tai Chi, you find that you, if you see that little Asian guy and he's walking down the street or he's running and you look at him and you think he's like floating on air, because he is. He's expending like zero amount of energy because his body is in Zen. That's the whole purpose of Zen. Right. Is to is to clear those things and get your body moving in a proper way. We most of the time are fighting. If you're walking and you're going clunk, 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 you are just fighting your body and your body is not in harmony with your spirit, with your soul. If you walk down the street and you only make noise because you're wearing clogs or you're wearing heels, then that's good. But if but if you can take your shoes off and and walk, you know, walk across rice paper, Padawan learner. No. Right. But they do that for there for the effect. But, you know, if you can walk on, on something, uh, wood or tile, and not make any noise when you're barefoot, not a noise at all, then you know that you're, you're doing it. But if you're going thung, 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 thung when you're walking, right? If you have neighbors, you ever live in an apartment, neighbors upstairs, and you have one that goes clung, 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 that is a person that's fighting nature. 
That is a person who is not in balance. If you're in balance, when you walk, you, bear, you very rarely make any noise when you walk. Native Americans walked on their toes, right? Yeah, Julie, you showed up late again, and I'm, I'm running late, so <laughs> welcome. Oh, I didn't see Peter was in the audience. Welcome, Peter Coyle. He's out there, right? Uh, so, yeah, so if, if you're Native Americans walked very, uh, um, you know, like animals they were they were not i'm not saying like a beast but they were very direct with their energy so that you wouldn't hear them they did the same thing they they understood how to move in a zen way that's why everyone with any martial art anywhere in the world you'll see them do that and and they they can it's not because it's not because they're like really cool it's because they you zen man you know there should be a book i mean i was talking about a book called uh, Zen and the Art of Motorcycle Maintenance, but there should be a, one that's called Zen and the Art of Martial, of martial Arts, right? Because it, it is, if, if you, you know, I took martial arts and I, and I come from it from a standpoint of a Shaolin priest, right? It's, it, everything has a fluid motion and there's no expended energy. And I also, I, uh, I am not an aggressor in martial arts. I will never strike you first. I will never attack you. I will not. If you're not going to attack me, I'm just going to keep walking. Right. And then when you attack me, I'm going to I'm going to thrash you. I'm going to take your energy and I'm going to transfer it. And I'm going to and I'm going to twist you 27 ways and break half your body off and leave you sit. And then I'm going to walk away. And if you come at me again, I'm going to do the same thing. I'm never the aggressor that goes, now it's my turn. Like you see in the movies. That's not me. That's not my fighting style. That's not how I fight. Um, I'm always the transfer of energy like the Miyagi, like the Miyagi style where where he was the avoidance, the 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 you know non not real non-aggression there was only a couple of aggressive moves that they used but they were always uh, after a defense and uh, that style and and what's his name um that guy who did all the movies that that uh you know um out for justice and marked for death they were all three word titles um i can't think steven seagal um everyone says oh he wasn't legit no he was legit he really was one of the first westerners to ever teach martial arts uh, in asia and if you watch the way he moves he moves that way He's he and his fighting style is hardly ever an aggressive fighting style. If you see him actually do martial arts, he's always letting the other person attack. It's like Krav Maga, right? You don't really attack. You wait for that person to become unbalanced, and then you strike, and you strike decisively, and you strike hard, fast, and as much as possible, shock and awe, right? But everything is after after someone attacks you, and then you're using their their movement to their disadvantage. That is the way life is. This is why I talk about this whole Zen martial art things. I'm not talking about that because I learned how to fight because I wanted to fight. It was just something that was in my life, my whole life, uh, was that. The kids were doing that, and, and, and martial arts I saw as an art form, and it is. So that's that dedication and that ideology is what you need for yourself and your soul. Your vessel is this avatar that, you have in, that you're inside of, and if you don't take care of this you don't take care of your heart. You don't take care of your chakras. You don't take care of your vessel. How do you expect that you're going to be taking care of your mind or your soul? So we have to take care of all of that. And that's how we make the change. This is where I'm coming back around now, right? I'm rounding it out to, to end for the night. The only way we're going to effectively have a change in, uh, of heart in this planet is to change the heart of the planet. Do you see? But we all have to work on ourselves first, and then we can work on other people. I had to put myself into a place where I was comfortable with myself and I loved myself to be able to love you and to be able to want to help you. I can't help you when I'm broken. 
So I have to fix me. Am I completely fixed? No, we're never completely fixed. We're always a work in progress because we are fragile, right? Because this, this avatar is human. And that's what, we have, that's what we're dealt with. So it is human. It's fragile. So we have to take care of it, right, for longevity, or at least as long as I sign the contract to take care of it, right? How can I get my message out to you if, if I'm wrong? No one's going to listen to my message. They're going to know it's not from the heart. But when I speak to you, you people who are hearing me, you know it's from the heart. Otherwise, you'd be changing the channel already. If you doubted me, you'd be, off, you'd be gone. So I had to fix my heart so that I could then help try and fix everyone else's heart. And that's where I am. So anyone who listens to me and they think that I'm a wacko, crazy lunatic, change the channel. You're not ready for this yet. It's not for you. I'm not trying to wake you up. You're eventually who we're going to wake up. But first, I'm going to wake up those who are about to wake up and help them remember who they are and why they're here. Even if you're not a wanderer, you're still, in a sense, a wanderer because you're here for the same reason I'm here. To learn, experience, and then report back to the one at some point, whenever that is, after we've learned what we're supposed to. See, Diana says, I had a dream that totally corresponds with what you're saying. The reason you had that dream was because your higher self knew that I was going to be talking about what I'm talking about. And this is giving you validation that that dream was trying to show you. And so the dream, you were already working on what I'm talking about. Intuitively, you got it prior to me. Right. So your higher self showed you this and you were working on that for yourself. And then you knew that already. And then you come in and here I talk about it. Every time somebody shows up in one of my shows, not just me, because it happens to other people's shows as well. You and you know this. You're talking about something and they say, wow, that's exactly what's going on with me right now. How did that happen? The universe puts you where you're supposed to be at the appropriate time. I say what I'm supposed to say. There's no script. I say what comes to me from the heart or maybe my higher self while I'm sitting here. And people go, oh, sometimes you ramble. If you think I'm rambling, you didn't stay long enough to hear the end game because I never ramble. Everything I say is a parable. That's it. I talk in circles on purpose because there's a reason. If I'm saying something and it sounds like I'm going crazy, I'm over here talking about martial arts. There was a reason for that, right? Eventually, if you stayed long enough, you saw how I made that come back around to what we were talking about and how that plays into what we were talking about. I don't ramble. I am a smart man. Rambling would be going, was that in 1875 on Sunday or 76 or maybe it was 1877? And I spent about five minutes trying to figure out when instead of the message. That's not important. The important thing is the message. People ask me as a professional, I say, you're a minister. Yes, I am. Did Jesus Christ really exist? That's not important. What's important is what Jesus Christ said. That's the important thing, right? What's more important, time, space, or life? Life, of course. Time doesn't exist. and Space is a state of mind. Life is perpetual. Do you see? Yeah, Peter. 
People should be proud. And this is Avino. That's his. He's trying to type in this or he's talking to his computer and it's not catching it. Right. <laughs> Wanderers. We've been sent here to understand the world. We're a long way from home. And it's and it's the compilation of life. Right. Or the completion of life. Is that what it says? Yes. I had to look down my glasses. So, yes. And 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 Peter, there is part of part of the coalition that I'm in. We came here to help. He and I are brothers from a long ways away. We came. We come from the constellation of Orion, Orion's Belt, as a matter of fact, chasing the bad Orion Crusaders and stopping them from taking over any planet they can island hop to. And we're here to prevent that and help free this place. And it's not just us. There's, like I said, there's got to be our numbers now are in the trillions that are coming through all the star seeds, all the all the all those uh, um, whatever you want to call them, the generations of people, the majority of the people that have come through in the last 20 years and the kids still coming through now are making it so much easier on us old guys that have been here for 50,000 years or 100,000 years that have been working this start this corner, the side of the street. <laughs> right. Just so you know, if you're a wanderer, you're tired as well because you know you've been here subconsciously. A wanderer signs on. You sign on for a freedom of everyone or 50,000 years as a minimum. It's either 50, 75, or 150,000 years you sign on for. Uh, you sign on saying, if it takes 150,000 years, I will recycle every single time to do that. And your, your bonus is if you get it done earlier, you get to go home earlier. <laughs> And then you're a rock star on the other side because you were brave enough to possibly um, have your soul stuck indefinitely if you failed and never never get to graduate again or be stuck for 150,000 years. When you're outside of time, that's a, a blink of an eye. But when you're in this time, it's 150,000 years, <laughs> right? So that's a very long time to be in prison. So if you're a wanderer, you probably have that within you as well to where you're ideology is i i know i feel like i've been here doing this for a long long time and that nothing is is changing but it is it has it's changed a, a lot if you look in history there they made a movie about that but i'll go just quickly if you look in history you can see how bad it was 100 years ago 200 years ago a thousand years ago compared to now we think it's bad now this is nothing compared to the how bad it was when jesus was here or mohammed when those guys had to deal with the the people then it could look in the real time and, and, and you'll see that if you look at the movie kingdom of heaven uh they asked ridley scott you know did you have to downplay the you know did you have to uh, what did you have to do with all the violence he said this was a documentary this really happened we had to downplay the violence we had to downplay the violence that really happened to show you the story of these knights fighting over jerusalem had to downplay had to take out the real carnage and make it Hollywood carnage so that it would get past the censors. And people even then watching this was like horrified by the violence. The same thing in, in um, uh, Saving Private Ryan. That was a true story. People don't know that. And again, that was horrifying. When I saw it, <clears throat> when I saw it, I was like, wow, they're actually showing real combat here. On screen for the first time. Everything else has been Hollywood until that moment. You watch that, that them being at Dog One at Omaha Beach. D-Day invasion. That was very realistic, and it was scary. And that still is downplaying the carnage that went on, right? 
but it happened for real. So that was really horrifying back then compared to now. Things were a lot worse, man. We're doing a lot better, right? Doing a lot better now. So the energy is different, and we are making a shift. Think about just in the 60s and before that. Let's go back to the 30s when slavery was just what you did here, right? Go back to even further before the, the Civil War when slavery was a commodity. We've changed, man. We have changed. So we are changing. So when people say the world's going to hell and there's, we're doomed, and that's somebody who's a doomsayer. That's somebody who is stuck in that, that part of where they are. That's their development. That means that that person is just either a new soul or they're in that phase of the, just in a survival mode. Right? You're just trying to survive. That is part of what we need to learn here. So at some aspect of your development, you were that, or you may be if you didn't learn that now. You choose what order you learn everything in. So you may be very enlightened. I could be this enlightened right now, and if I still needed to work on my survival abilities in the next life, I would, I would swear all of this off, not have anything to do with it at all, not, not give a crap about any of that. All I want to do is just live, man. And that would be the phase that I would be in. So when you meet somebody like that, that doesn't mean necessarily that they're that far asleep that's just what they're choosing to work on right now in their life and in this lifetime. So that's why you got to learn that, that judgment, that's where, that's where you get that judge, not lest ye be judged. That doesn't mean what you think it means. What it means is, it doesn't mean don't, don't judge that person unless you are willing to judge yourself. It kind of does. But it, what it really means is pay attention. This person is working on what they're working on. If that person is a drunk and beats their wives, and that's all they do. I had a grandfather who was that way. I never met him. But, you know, he was the guy to, to put in some alcohol, and everybody, that's it, the beatings begin. And now he's on the other side, and, he, and he's boisterous, loud, obnoxious, totally proud. And, oh, my God, I get it now. And he comes through when I have psychics on. Half the time they tell me, your, your grandfather and your great-grandfather are here, and your grandfather is just loud and proud of you. And he's, that's my grandson, man. Tell him I get it now. Tell him I get it now. It's very important. Even though I never met him, it's important for him on the other side for me to know on this side that what he did was wrong, and he knows it was wrong. And that he beat my grandmother and that he beat up my father and my uncles and my aunt. And that all of that was wrong and he was a drunk and he gave away all of the land that is now two cities that we owned. <laughs> two large cities in the San Francisco Bay Area that was our land that he pissed away in gambling. Right? We were landowners and had a lot of money from his father. Right? Uh, and there's two cities in in the in in California, but in the Bay Area, one called Dublin, and uh, the other one called Pleasanton, and those were owned by my my grandfather, and he he pissed him away with uh, gambling. So so now they're two ma major cities, and we had all that land that would have been ours to develop and do whatever we wanted with, or sell and make money off of it, right? So, <laughs> but he gets it now, and he's on the other side, right? Um, and I don't know if he's going to cycle back through, but some part of him is there. Right? Yeah. Honor everyone's journey, Diana said. Absolutely. And then there's Denise. Oh, hi, Denise. She came in and say hi. I didn't even see you. I was, I was, I was too busy talking, yapping, flapping, flapping, flapping. Right? So, so hi. Uh, yeah, but you, we always, I don't judge anyone to say that, oh, that person's so asleep. You kind of get into that routine when you first kind of wake up. Right? Even, even what's his name? Um, 
Oh, I can't think of his name right now. Uh, he's that guy that's, uh, you know, I'm going to blow your mind, younger kid. Uh, and he's going to wake you. He's, he's always talking to all the stuff like I am, but only he has like, you know, spreadsheets and he's turning paper and stuff. And I just talk to you like this. And he even said that where he got you get to a point where he was like, how are these people not awake? You're just so asleep. You're a sheeple and and you're judging people. And then you at some point you wake up a little bit more <laughs> and you realize it's OK. That's where they are. The biggest problem we have, we get in our own way. The biggest problem we have is we try to get into everybody else's business, right? They teach you that on all the television shows, getting everybody's business. Those are the, the reality shows are the best things on television for people with a low vibration. Yeah, yeah, it doesn't matter. Everybody serves a purpose. Serial killer. Yeah, that's designed to scare you. That's designed to scare you. That's chaos. That's evil. That's there to show you that, you know, look out. There's a boogeyman. You're supposed to be moving forward and changing. And if you don't, you still have the threat of the boogeyman. Do you understand? Fear is the boogeyman, right? What you don't know. We always fear the unknown. And the unknown is, is this person going to kill me? You instinctively know that anyways, but you, we don't follow our instincts. That's a part of we're in our own way always. So I look at other people and they go, that person's a sham and they, and they should be told out. These people will finally find out about that one day. It's not my job. I'm not here for that. I'm not Jesus Christ. Right? I'm not here to sacrifice myself. To I'm, That's what I'm doing. But, right? And so you guys, that's what people don't understand. But I'm not here to make that big stink that he made. I'm not here to do what he did to leave a name behind to wake people up. I'm here to wake up those people who are going to wake everybody else up. And I'm here to do it, and I don't care how long it takes me to do it. If I'm only going to be here this lifetime, good. Right? If, if that happens and it's over after this, woohoo, going home. But if I end up doing this and it takes me another 150,000 years, I'm down. That's what I came here for. I'm in the same prison you're in, and I don't get out of here until we all get out of here alive. Right? All right, guys, I rambled on a bit, but it is about the law of one that I talked about, so um, we'll pick up next week. I, like I said, I, so much enlightenment. Diana can attest to this, and some of you were in the crowd during the time and spoke as well, so you guys understand. The amount of enlightenment, if you, you want to hear something, you think what I was just saying is anywhere near anything besides crazy, you should go and watch what we just did in the last two days, <laughs> right? All Everything's up on Orion Rising, the page on, on uh, uh, Facebook and Orion Rising, the, the uh, YouTube channel. Uh, go up, go and take a look at what we, what we talked about and what was said, and it's going to blow your mind. You're going to hear 20 different people uh, blowing your mind. If, you're, if you thought you, this blew your mind, if they did it all and you didn't think I was crazy, go and listen to what they said, and you're going to see that we, they blow your mind just as much as I do. It's a beautiful, beautiful group of people honored to have worked with them worked with many of them prior but many new friends that i've never worked with before uh, but a lot of them i had already there was a, probably about half i've already worked with some for years All right some some for literally for years two to five years each um but some of them brand new friends diana being one of them i hadn't worked with diana before uh, and i hope to work with diana in the future even more because I think she has a beautiful soul, and I think most of the, uh, just about everybody that was there, even in the crowd, uh, just watching and comments were just insane. We had thousands of comments uh, between the between the two days. Um, I have some of the numbers as of when I looked them up. I can give you some of the numbers that are kind of cool. Like maybe, like, hey, what, what was our comments? Did I put that down? Yeah, we had we when I checked this, we had over uh, one thousand two hundred comments. <laughs> That's a lot of talk going on in the chatter and the in the thing, right? Uh, we were over three thousand views, 
um, we were shared 510 times. Last night, guys, I told everybody it was 500 times. Well, it was shared more than that again, uh, right? And so uh, people reached it reached more than 8,000 people. That's, that's, that's pretty good for something we put together in three weeks and only advertised for about four days, <laughs> right? So that's actually pretty good, especially when, when uh, you know, the, the, some of the people I've never met and wasn't sure where to put them. And I let the universe tell me, and anyone who watched the show says, wow, the first day was incredible, incredibly crazy, and the second day just kept building. The energy kept building and building and building. So the way that, the, that it went was the way it was supposed to be. It was not my intention. It was the intent. Well, it was, but it was the intention of the universe to make it perfect. Uh, and that's the way it turned out. Everything played into what someone else just said or was about to say, and it ended up going full circle, just like the spiral, the golden mean ratio, just like the way the universe works, right? Just like the way I talk. I talk in circles. Why do I talk in circles? Because they're parables, right? <laughs> yeah, he, yeah, right? Everybody's talking in there. It was wonderful. It was great, right? So, all right, guys, namaste. I should have turned my camera back on. Let me get over there instead and give you guys my face once more before the, once more into the breach, my friends, right? Let me go back in the studio here. Hello. There we are. And for those of you with the benefit of, of 4D technology, you get to see my face. Namaste. I love you guys. All right? I got the same hat on. Different shirt. That shirt was sweaty and dirty. <laughs> Right. My eyes are bloodshot. I actually popped a blood vessel over here. <laughs> I did it in my sleep. Look at this thing. Arr, I did it in my sleep. Uh, I believe. I don't know when I did it. I just know that uh, when I uh, got out of the shower, I didn't look in the mirror before getting in the shower. When I got out of the shower, I don't know if it was the soap or something. I did get soap in my eyes uh, in the water it was pretty harsh. But I was like, wow, popped a blood vessel somewhere sleeping. Um, I don't know what I did, but I went. <laughs> Maybe I was maybe I was abducted by aliens and it was stressful because I didn't do that last night while I was sitting there. Right. OK, guys. Namaste. I love you guys and all of you who were there yesterday and participated. If you're seeing the show, I love you. I said that in the chat. and I meant it from my heart. I love you guys because it was just a fabulous, fabulous uh, day, two days in the event. We're going to be planning them uh, in the future. So any of you guys that want to continue working with us to to, you know, talk more or, or have more to say. Uh, we'll we'll have subjects that we'll come up with, uh, you know, and, and we want to talk about this or that or, you know, we came up with all kinds. We had a lot of note taking uh, because there were so many energies. We're like, there's another show. There's another show. <laughs> there's another show. Uh, so we'll be we'll be uh, trying to get everybody into the different um, places that we talked about. But, yeah, if you haven't seen that, guys, it'll move you. And if you don't if you're not moved by watching any of this, then you're just in that place where you're not concerned with esoteric spiritualism <laughs> all right now right, stay i will see you guys next friday for the law of one um i don't think i'll be doing any other shows i'm going to take a few days off i did this one because it's the law of one i've been dedicated for two two and a half years now to do it every single friday and come hell or high water i will do the law of one every friday at 4 p.m specific daylight time until we get to session one after we get finished with session 106 we will pick up right there where we were uh, on session 95 question what were we on here let me go over here and look and that's where we'll be question number nine so we'll pick up that next week when uh next friday so until then i love you guys share this out share this out share this out right 
And what do I always say? Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, or good morrow, depending on where in the world you are tuning into the show. Those of you hearing this on the MP3 uh, broadcast, you don't get to see the visuals, so you couldn't see my bloodshot eye. And you, and you again, if you guys listen, I haven't put that out on the MP3 version of the podcast yet. Those of you who are going to listen to it on that, it is everywhere that you listen to a podcast um, that is, uh, is only a, you know audio only. And if it is not, <clears throat> go to Podbean. Find Orion Rising, and if you find Orion Rising, you can do this yourself. I don't have to do it. You go to Orion Rising there. You can copy the RSS link. You can go back to your favorite channel and give that to your favorite channel, and they will put it in play, and I will and I will send my podcast to you there, right? So that's how my podcast has gotten out to the whole world. It's addictive. I tell people that all the time, right? If you don't listen to you know iHeartRadio or iTunes or Podcast Addict or Podbean or a few other places on the internet, uh, but you like you know your place that you have, yeah, your your place can take the RSS number. That's all they need. So find out from those people. Hey, I can get the RSS number. What do I have to do with it? And they'll, they'll tell you. Give it to me, and I'll and I'll plug them in, because um, they know that my I paid these people at Podbean to shoot my RSS number out to anybody, and it's there. That's what I pay for. It's on. It's there. If you go to me there, Orion Rising there, it'll say RSS number. Click here. Right, it'll copy to your to your uh, clipboard, and you can copy and paste it to them. They'll copy and paste it to to the thing, and boom. Orion Rising will arrive there in your favorite spot to listen to. So I'm listening to in 60 countries. It's all for free because I'm not doing this to make money. I'm in this for the long haul. I'm in this to save this world. So I'm not charging people money for my knowledge because my knowledge is not something I own. It's something I remember. And what's been taken from you is something that you own. So I'm not going to charge you for something that you've only forgotten. I'm going to give you the tools to remember it. Have a great night.